Some days are terrible, you wish that you were dead And some days are magical, like great banana bread Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads The voices in our heads Hello, hi, wow, hey, hey, what's up, hey, hey, you okay, you good? It's okay, congrats on not killing yourself for another week I don't know why I did that, but uh, I'm going nuts in a fun way, and I hope you're enjoying your quarantine the most that you can, and if you're an essential worker, you so much, because boy, oh boy, I hope that the praise and the clapping and the stuff is helping morale, because you deserve it, and I hope you're getting paid a good amount of money for putting yourself uh, in death's doorway and helping other people. It's weird to live by a hospital, by two major hospitals in New York City, because, you know, sometimes they park a a refrigerator truck outside across from my apartment with the bodies in it, and I'm like, that's not, can we not do that today? I just don't want to do that. Some people are very, um, it's interesting, because some people can remove themselves from this whole thing and just live in the world of their home, you know, like people in suburbia, they've been telling me like it's kind of just like, you know, a Sunday and everything's kind of closed and we can just, you know, go out on my lawn. I'm like, that's wild and good for you. I do escape in my own apartment a lot and I have to close the blinds because you never know when that truck of bodies is going to be parked outside your door. <sighs> Yesterday, somebody drove by. I live on a major two-way street on the on the first floor. So that's why I hear a lot of honking and sirens, which has been significantly reduced from this quarantine, from this lockdown. And yesterday, somebody was blasting music outside uh, from their car speakers, very loud. It sounded like someone had a stereo, like say anything was happening in my apartment and someone was holding a stereo above their head playing the song because that's how it was very, it was very, I'm like, okay, 10-4, you want me to hear what you have to say. And they're playing Concrete Jungle and then... (laughs) There was a group of nurses walking by down the sidewalk past my apartment and one of them took off their mask and they yelled at the car, not the time. I'm like, oh man, they're probably sick of this shit. I hope you're doing okay, healthcare workers and fucking everybody works in a hospital. The receptionists, the janitorial staff, you guys, you killing them. Girl, you be killing them. But in a good way, not in killing them as if the patients are done. Well, I mean, patients, oh, see, here we go. I don't know. Got myself in a kerfuffle. Um, if you are in need of more content, guys, I highly recommend listening to um, my podcast with Corinne Fisher. It's called Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast. I'm sure you've heard of it. That's probably why you're listening to this. It's only available on Luminary. I believe it's like $3.99 a month. Um, totally get if you're like not one more subscription service right now totally cool totally cool um, but if you're like yeah uh, I suggest it you could sign up for a free trial the link is luminary.link slash GWF this week on uh, guys who fucked I'll give you I'll tell you who the guest is I kind of gave it away in my Instagram stories for a second but it's Tom Segura who has a great Netflix special out called ball hog god that guy's funny and the interview I was nervous doing interviews uh, over zoom but it was really good because I got to usually get a feel for somebody. That's why I like interviewing people in my home. 
you know, because it's like I'm showing you like, welcome to my home. It's very me. It reeks of me. I barfed my personality up on all the walls. So I feel like there's this kind of established comfort level when we first start the interview. But when it's over Zoom and Karim wasn't even with me, she stayed in her apartment. It's hard to get that intimacy. But man, Tom Sakura is a funny, funny man. And that interview was really good. So check it out. This morning, what did I do? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I did. Um, I woke up early, and for me, it was eleven. That's eleven a.m. Oof, that was hard. Every night, I'm like, I'm gonna go to bed at midnight. Fast forward, I've been looking at my phone and I've been looking at Instagram, and then all of a sudden, I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh, it's three twenty in the morning. <laughs> okay, you should probably go to bed. But I woke up at eleven, at the ass crack of dawn for me hate the mornings but it's getting better and uh because i got a text alert from the city of new york and they said that the blue angels which are navy jets jets you call them jets they're planes fighter planes they're trick planes i don't know i know you're yelling at me if you are in the navy um and i don't hear you and that's good because then i can keep going um but uh i got a text alert from new york city last uh, yesterday that said at 12 p.m. today this is Tuesday again recording this <laughs> real last minute um the blue angels were gonna fly over the city and I was like well that's fucking cool and I told my dad I fucking love my dad <sighs> my dad's the shit and he used to work on blue angel planes and so I woke up and I wanted to take a video and I took Kevin and man there was a lot of people out looking at the planes and I was like fuck should I leave but then my dad was like, did you see him yet? And I'm like, no, I'm going to take the video and show him to you. And so I, I was like, man, maybe I should leave because it's getting really crowded. Because how ironic is that? The Blue Angels are flying over Brooklyn and Manhattan to show their support for the healthcare workers specifically. But then they're attracting so many crowds. Everyone's just going to get each other sick. <laughs> we all had our masks on. We all had our gloves on. We all were covered in bleach. <laughs> we were trying. So I was trying to stay away from people. I'm like, oh, maybe I should go. And so I was like, maybe I'll just go a block away i could probably still see them and then a fire truck showed up i'm like yeah i'll stay you know what you girl goes stay. and right before that i went to starbucks and i ordered i ordered it on the app because that's what you have that's how we do in new york city nowadays this is our new normal i have to fucking order starbucks on their fucking app which honestly it's great it's way better um and you go up to the door and you don't even go in the starbucks and you just you say give them your name and then they they put your drink on the table and they run away and then they douse themselves in bleach and then you go get your drink and then you go all right here we go so i got my drink and then i met this older woman and she was everything that i want to be when i'm old when i'm an old and i'm talking like i mean i i would guess that she was in her 70s like mid to late 70s um she was dressed to the nines and one of the things i love most about new york city is elderly people i don't know what constitutes elderly but for, let's just say for the sake of this conversation 70 and up right uh when elderly people or old 70 and up people dress to the nines i think i am so impressed by that because it's like man you could have gave up and you just straight up didn't i don't know how many years you got left you don't know how many years you got left but you're living life to the fullest because you look so goddamn sharp today Beth, Beth, probably, or or Ethel. No one's named Ethel anymore. I feel like at the Ethels and the the Berthas all died off. 
but I love those names. Those are great names. Uh, anyway, I met a, a, a older woman who was dressed so beautifully, had like this vintage Louis Vuitton. And I usually can't really tell brands, but it said Louis Vuitton. So I'm like, I know what that one is. And she had a, a Italian Greyhound in her purse. <laughs> and she she was like, oh my God, your dog's so cute. And I was like, Ding, girl. And he, she was like, what's his name? And I love when people ask what his name is because I always laugh when I tell people and that's one of the reasons why I named my dog Kevin because I think it's funny I love dogs with people names so much and every time someone asks what's his name and I go it's Kevin <laughs> and I just laugh and one time I, a guy asked me what's your dog's name and I was like it's Kevin <laughs> and he was like oh that's weird I'm like ah. I'm gonna go okay you're dead to me thank you but she was like oh my god my dog's name is Vanessa and I was like oh my god Vanessa that's funny a dog named Vanessa? That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I, 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 I previously dreamt of having a, a Shih Tzu named Barbara, but Shih Tzus aren't my thing. They're not, they're kind of, I don't like iGook in a dog. And there, there are still things about dogs. Like before I got a dog, I've been thinking long and hard about getting one before, before, one person commented on my Instagram or they tweeted at me or something. And they're like, can you please not get a dog just because you're emotionally like going through something? I'm like, can you please? <laughs> um, and she was like, you told me. And I was like, yep, I did. She didn't say that. But uh, when I was thinking of getting a dog, I was like, you know, there are certain things, you know, you weigh the pros and cons. And I, I try to play devil's advocate, like, well, arguing why it's good for me to get a dog and then arguing why it's bad for me to get a dog. And one of the bad arguments, and this is ultimately why I ended up getting a dog because it's kind of bullshit, is iGook really bugs me. <laughs> I don't know why. And the poops. I don't like picking up the poops. Kevin is laying down those logs. But it's you know what it's helpful for me the t the the little things about um having a dog that I'm like a little grossed out by again these are not something that I'm like ugh gross I don't love you as much now it's certainly not gonna affect that but you know it's not pleasant it really helps to talk to Kevin as I'm doing the thing that I don't want to do in a calm demeanor because he don't know what I'm saying and just get it off my chest and it's also practice for, to stand up for how I feel to people one day practicing on my dog so when kevin lays down one of his logs and it really does look like a log now it used to look like the poop emoji now it just looks like a straight log i'm like wow kevin you really picked a great time to lay down this fucking log huh you know the pee pad's like five feet away right did you see it yeah you, you probably saw it but you didn't okay it's cool don't, don't worry about it no it's fine it's fine don't worry i'm not mad i'm not mad i'm not mad i gotta pick up your logs I'm not mad that I use toilet uh, tissues to pick up your logs. I use three tissues too much. I overdo it on the tissues. Not good for the environment. Not good for my plumbing. Because I've had to unclog my toilet several times this week. And it's only Tuesday. But yeah, the eye gook really bugs me. And that's why I'm like, I can never get a shit too. But man, I will say. The, I have cried tears of joy since owning this dog. He's really, truly the shit. And my friend Justin Silver, who's a comedian, but he's also a dog trainer, I, I always used to ask him, like, how the fuck did you learn to train dogs? And no one taught him. He just kind of understood dogs really well. And I'm I'm really getting to know Kevin as a, as a well, not a person, but as a dog, as like an individual that he is. And we play at night, we'll play hide and seek. 
Oh, it's so fun. I get a thrill out of it. I love playing hide and seek. And I'll hide in the shower behind the shower curtain. And then, oh man. And then he'll look for me. And then when I feel like he, like he'll go into the bathroom and then he'll sniff and then he'll leave. And I'm like, I did it. Like I really feel a sense of accomplishment playing hide and seek with him when I trick him. It's the simple things, guys. The simple things. That's 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 the uh, that's the motto of this quarantine for me, anyway. Hey, you know what? You know what time it is? It's time for some fuckboy theater. Okay, let's do some fuckboy theater. Let's do. We'll read some bios and then we'll read some fuckboy conversations. If you're not familiar with this segment, well, where the fuck have you been? Um, I'm. People send me screenshots of their terrible dating app conversations or uh, screenshots of mostly men's bios. But look, I am a proponent. I am a firm believer that women can be pieces of shit too. Okay, that's a quality, my friends. That's a quality. And, and non-gender people can be pieces of shit too. It has nothing to do with the gender. It has to do with your shitty attitude probably. I don't know why, but it probably does. Um, but anyway, um, if you have, if you're a guy or if you're a girl and you, and you have women's bios who are trash, please, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com, send them to me because I take great joy in exposing dumbass chicks as much as I take great joy in exposing dumbass dudes. And the reason why these segments are so funny is because we've all been there. You know what I mean? We've all said some stupid shit. I don't know that I've said stuff this stupid, but uh, I'm sure I have. Just maybe not in the context of dating. Okay. This guy's bio, um, it's just a, his, his bio is his Tinder bio. He's 41 years old and he lives in Alabama um and his name's troy i don't care and uh there's probably a ton of troys in alabama and this is an old screenshot actually so he's probably like 40 10 by now um but his profile picture is an interesting choice it's just a it's a photo of a pillow that looked like you could buy it on etsy but not one of those etsy shops where you look at it and you're like wow this this person is like really talented and, and crafty damn it's one of those etsy shops that you look at and you're like oh you kind of feel bad and you buy something. Like, that's the quality of this pillow. Anyway, there's a saying stitched on the pillow. And the saying says, women are meant to be sto- spoiled, not understood. <laughs> so that's that guy. And this guy, um, he answers one of the prompts he answers on Hinge. Um, the prompt he chose is, I'll know I'll find the one when. And the answer he wrote is, when we have a relationship like OG Sailor Moon and Tuxedo Mask, provided our daughter doesn't come back from the future, turn evil and try to seduce me. And he looks like a guy who would fuck his daughter. I mean, I don't know how else to say that. Um, he looks like, yeah. I mean, you know when you see people on the news like pedophiles or 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 murderers or and you're like and you see the picture and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and sometimes I see a picture of a person who committed a terrible crime and I can't like their eyes are piercing my soul. I got a I got a like a child. I put my hand over my eyes. So I don't got to look at that guy's face. This guy's face isn't that bad. But he looks like he's up to something. This guy um he's 22 it says where he uh okay i don't know where he lives but this is his profile this is his bio on tinder this is the first impression that he wants you to have of him and his his bio reads 
Hmm, I don't like people. I definitely don't like you. If I swipe right, it's probably because something is wrong with your picture. I'm not fun, I'm not funny, and I have no friends. I'm also really ugly, or at least that's what my mom tells me. I might show you a face pic if you give me a good reason to. I mean, Neil, it making a very compelling argument. Very compelling. This guy, I would not... Um, I would not say he's a fuck boy. I would say he's a he's a he's a fun boy. Um, he's 28, and his bio is a photo of him. Well, I hope the hotter friend in this photo is him. You, you know, just a heads up: if you guys are doing the dating apps right now, and you have your first picture is you and another person, uh, and it's the person of a similar is the same gender as you. May, I, don't do that because then we got to guess. And then if you're not the hot one, ugh. That's rude. And then you make me kind of feel like trash because I'm like, oh, I hope you're not the less attractive one. And it's not even like the other, per the less attractive one is that unattractive, but our brains are so judgy. You know what I mean? So I'm going to pray that you're the hot one and you're probably not. And that's annoying. And then if it's a picture of you and a baby, can you let me know if that's your nephew or your kid? It's not, a, for me, it's not a deal breaker. For some people it is. But just, you know, I got I to gotta guess now if that's your nephew or your child. <sighs> anyway, this guy's bio is a picture of him and a friend. Hopefully it's the hotter one is the guy, but whatever. Um, and it says, Hank, exceeding your already low expectations. I'm like, that's fun. Because it's true. <laughs> it's true. Okay, here's a, here's a, here's a conversation between um, a woman and a fuckboy named Benjamin. Um... Here we go. Fuckboy fuck boy theater, guys. Fuckboy theater. We're doing it. <clears throat> I think you're fine. Honestly, I'm over casual sex. I find it much more satisfying to date and to get to know each other and each other's bodies. Plus, we can't get together right now. Well, you're leaving in July. We wouldn't be able to get to know each other more, honestly. I'm a lot of fun in bed. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Guys, let's quit on the question marks. There's a difference between dating getting to know each other, and going to each other's places to sleep together. I'm not interested in the latter. Okay, fine. You can't get to know someone without meeting them. This quarantine is a joke. What do you mean it's a joke? Why did you like me then if you don't want to meet? It's stupid. It's a waste of time. We're not going to die from it. The government is force-feeding us bullshit. I know who you voted for. We can't meet right now. We are putting ourselves and others at risk by meeting in person right now. No, we're not. Oh, wow. Okay. You take care. We're young and healthy. We're not 80 years old. Somebody needs to grow some balls and sack up. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to let some stupid illness determine what I can and can't do. You sound like a child throwing a temper tantrum. No, I'm stating the facts. You're a pussy. Along with everyone else being at home not doing anything. Well, you take care. I hope you take this time alone to sit with yourself and try to understand why you behave this way. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, boy. Ugh, these guys are so douchey. Um, and I and 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 that's not to say I feel like sometimes when I do fuckboy theater, it's easy to get sucked up into the guys are like pricks. They're not. 
Just some of them are. It's so funny. It's so ironic um, what testosterone does to a man because, you know, it's like your caveman instinct to want to fuck everyone. I get that. Totally cool. I don't I don't get it from experience, but like, I, I hear you. I'm not like, not just something you say. You're like, fuck everyone. Like, no, like I've seen your behavior. It makes checks out. But the irony is you want to fuck so bad. And I'm talking to you. I'm talking to these fuck boys in particular, this this, this sect of men. You want to fuck so bad, and then all the things that are coming out of your mouth are not making the other person want to fuck you. Like, don't you want to get fucked? We should do a palate cleanser, guys. We should do a palate cleanser. But this palate cleanser is a little unique. It's from um, this book that Corinne Fisher, my comedy partner, gave me for Christmas. Um, it's called The Little Book of Farts. The Little Book of Farts. And I love farts, if you can't tell by now. And on the back of this book, it's, a, it's just a book of all kinds of farts. On the back of the book, it says, like a beautiful snowflake, every fart is unique. From the ever so dainty parpsichord to the mighty window frame rattling brown thunder, there's a whole world of bottom burps, <laughs> bottom burps, to savor in this informative and revealing dictionary, along with a plethora of butt trumpet facts. Butt trumpet, that's funny. So here's, they, 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 they call, they name all these types of farts. And this fart is called the stinky Houdini. <laughs> I fucking love farts. <laughs> the, and the description is a surreptitious release of silent but deadly gas into a crowded area. I've done that before. The secret to the success of this fart is to time the release so that a quick escape can be made before the odor develops maximum stinkiness. Failure to flee the vicinity could lead to a fate worse than death, falling victim to your own noxious cloud. I did that once to a kid who was on the subway being a real twat. You know, some kids are are real twats. Some children are terrible. Some children are amazing. There, there's like that, spe- there's, there are extreme versions of the opposite ends of the spectrum. Then there's the ones in the middle that you don't really care about because they're like, they're just perfectly pleasant. And you're like, oh, okay, nothing to write home about, but like, thanks. And um, there are these kids on the subway once and they were being so obnoxious and they were being really rude to their nanny. I knew, knew it was their nanny because I just knew it was their nanny. She was like way young and I feel like she was new on the job and she was like, what the fuck did I get myself into? And because uh, nanny and jobs, they seem so exciting when you move here at first because they pay pretty well, but you don't know if the family's going to be a nightmare. I was hashtag blessed to, I didn't nanny, but I was a babysitter um, for this one family on the Upper East Side. Um, very uh, well-to-do, well-to-do. But they were the coolest parents I've ever met and the greatest children. Man, those kids ruled. And I still um, keep in touch with the girl. She's like fucking 19 now. Oh, and I'm 72. Okay, the next um, palate cleanser from the Little Book of Farts is Toilet Tunes. <laughs> toilet Tunes. That's a type of fart. Everyone enjoys busting a few Toilet Tunes. <laughs> If you discover you have an audience waiting outside to use the convenience, act like you've performed the gig of your life and take a bow as you make your exit. You could even offer a ticket to your next gig or sign a piece of toilet paper for them. Wash your hands first, though. Well, don't, I mean, that was just, this is just a cutesy book. And then here's a fact page. Did you know in 2011, the Malawi government introduced a new legislation intended to prohibit fouling of the air? Journalists interpreted this as a ban on breaking wind, and the news went global, with Malawi's Minister of Justice initially backing up the claims, then later retracting his comments. Oh, that's fun. 
With great fart power comes great responsibility. I don't know what accent that is. I don't know what accent that is. Okay, that's your palate cleanser. Little book of farts. It's probably like, it's like a book that you find like an Urban Outfitters or whatever. Man, I miss doing stand-up. I miss doing stand-up very much. I miss it. Oh, motherfuckers from Patreon are emailing me. They're emailing me. They're emailing, sorry about last night. And I knew it. I knew it. You guys, you're, you're doing your job. You're doing your job. But man, that's creepy. Because I didn't hashtag it. I didn't at you. I didn't tag you. But also, maybe someone from Patreon who's genuinely a listener is listening. And they're like, this is a business opportunity. And I appreciate that. I'm probably going to get a Patreon at some point. And, and I'm going to use the money. I was like, oh, I'll donate the money. I'm, honestly, I just want to use it to buy you guys shit. That's what I want to do with the money. So, because it's not about the money for me. It's about exclusivity. But, or like, you know, I feel better sharing parts of myself that um, to an audience who's like, really wants to be there. And a dollar, for whatever reason, tells me that. <laughs> I'm playing I, 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 uh, playing this new game uh, when I watch television now. And you can play it too if you watch TV with commercials. And the game's called Guess Which Major Company is Trying to Jerk Off Your Feelings by playing sad piano music over a montage of people at home. And then Morgan Freeman comes on. He's like, families are hanging in there. And then you're like, what, Apple? FedEx? What is this, Amazon? And then you're like, oh, Carvana? Come on. Carvana. You know what Carvana is? Do you know what Carvana is? It's a vending machine of cars, basically. And they've been advertising for a while. And their, their, their angle, you don't, you go online, you pick your car, and then they just give it to you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you kind of should test drive it, right? I'm assuming new, used, whatever. But like, you want to get a feel for the car. You want to get, you want to have an understanding of the handling. And I'm a car person, so maybe that's just me. But like, I feel like you'd want to test drive that car, right? Anyway, it basically, their their angle up until this quarantine was like, Carvana, are you lazy piece of shit? Just click a link and then we'll give you your car. But you must be able, you have to pay for it online, I guess. Who's putting a car, you can't put a car in a debit card? We write them a check? Do people even write, I mean, I, I write checks. <laughs> I write checks that I have to like when I get bills I prefer to write checks so I have a paper trail but like uh, what are you gonna write a check for a car then they give you your car but now Carvana's like haha originally our service was for lazy people pieces of shit but now honestly our service is saving lives because sometimes you just need a fucking car and everyone's like stay inside and it's like legally mandated so like what are you gonna do Carvana you thought we were just for lazy people ha huh? ha Carvana. I think I have uh, I okay. I love I love me some ghosts, stories, spirits, orbs. I can't tell if my downstairs is dusty or there's spirits. And I think I want to believe the magical part of me wants to believe that it's spirits because that's more fun, you know. But every time I take my dog downstairs to go to bed, he could be dead asleep upstairs. He's asleep right now. He's like, you can't even, like, I can fucking move him. And he's like, what? And then he falls right back asleep. Um, but every time I take him downstairs, he'll be mid-sleep mid at night. And then we go downstairs. And then all of a sudden, it's like someone injected cocaine into his dog dick. And he's like, what the fuck is up? And he's on a high alert in a way that he's never on high alert 
upstairs like this ever i take him outside i take everywhere i take him the only time he behaves in this particular way is when i take him downstairs now my room is in the basement of the building i don't know if dogs are like "Mm, basement vibes not feeling it Uh, but i I don't know i that seems stupid but maybe it's true who knows i'm very open to being wrong about everything in fact i probably am but kevin goes ape shit downstairs and barks at the air and I'm like, mm, okay. And then I took a video of him and I had the flash on and then I watched the video uploaded on my Instagram and there's all these like like specks of white flying up. Now there is dust downstairs, but would a dog be be barking at dust? I just don't, I feel like that's not how that would go. But I have had several men, well, like two. I'm trying, okay? Um, downstairs, just not want to be downstairs they don't want to be downstairs because it's weird so if we're gonna have sexual intercourse which it hasn't happened in a in a, in a oh boy so long oh my god so i'm so yearning for the touch of a man um but they, they i remember them saying something and so i cre- i texted chris de stefano who's a santa comedian who um we had sex and he was on guys who fuck so it's like i don't mind talking i can talk about it it's not like rude but i texted him because i was about to record the intro and i was like yo chris when you were downstairs this is like really random question but when we had sex at one time did you get a weird vibe from my downstairs and he was like no i had tons of fun i'm like all right cool thanks i fucking love that guy he's so funny and so sweet um so that's like two out of three guys i know i'm such a whore in two years i have fucked how many people? One, two, three, four. <sighs> four. Ugh. You know, you would think, I- I've been hearing all these stories about how women in their 30s are in their sexual prime. I'm like, I feel like I want to have sex, but it's not happening. But you know, this quarantine, this quarantine is getting in the way. Anyway, I-, I was, I'm like, maybe these spirits or whatever they are, this is probably dust, but I want to believe they're spirits. Maybe they're just like, hey, Christina, close your legs, slut just for like a second and concentrate on yourself and i'm like you know what you're probably right bertha that's probably her name um a lot of people have been asking this and i just want to sh- set the record straight okay right here right now i am not going to get an instagram account for my dog okay it's not the kind of person i would like to be that goes against my own personal morals and values that being said if you have an instagram account for your dog go ahead i probably follow it probably love it I can't do that. The reason why is not because I think it's stupid to have an Instagram account for your dog. It's just because I don't need one more thing that I'm not going to do that I'm going to make myself feel guilty over because I'm learning through this quarantine a lot of things. And one of them is that I search desperately for reasons to feel guilty. And there's not a lot of reasons to feel guilty right now. And I'm not trying to give myself any more than I already have. You know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? I try and make myself laugh a lot and I succeeded it. I really do. I succeeded it. And, and one of the, I don't, I can't remember if I've talked about this on the podcast before. So if I repeat myself, can you let me know, honestly, like, Hey, you already talked about that. Cause then I'll be more diligent about making sure I know what I talk about on previous episodes. But you know, certain like music will play in my head when I see certain scenes in life. And, and one of them is whenever I see a person in an electric wheelchair in New York city, um automatically the song blasts in my head like in my like in my head and it makes me laugh i'm not laughing at the person but it's just it's just it's it tickles my funny bone in the the 
the best way. Um, this is the song that plays in my head. That's not it. Wait, why is that not the song? Hold on. Oh my god, I fucked it up. Ugh. It's riding dirty. I wanted to play it. Play riding dirty. Oh, I put riding dirty. <laughs> I love when I fuck something up and then I get mad that it's fucked up. Is that the song? That's not riding dirty. What the fuck? Wait, my music's so loud. Wait, they see me rolling. They hating. That's how I sing it in my head. Riding dirty, try catch me riding dirty. Try catch me riding dirty. Wait, is this it? Ugh, Grubhub, we get it. We're in quarantine and we should not go outside. Ugh, hate ads. Yeah, this song, this song. Every time I see a person in an electric wheelchair, all of a sudden, this song goes up to max blast in my head. Well, not, not that part. That part's, that's part of the videos. That's part. And in my head, the person in the electric wheelchair is like smug as fuck. And like, if you got in their way, if like, if you got in their way, they'd be like, fuck out of here. And you'd be like, okay, sorry. I don't know. It just makes me laugh. So every time I see a person in an electric wheelchair, I'm like, they see me rolling. They hating, patrolling. They're trying to catch me riding dirty. <laughs> it's just great. It's just a little thing that you could do. I laugh when I'm nervous and that gets me into trouble. I got to stop doing that. Um, I laugh at inappropriate situations. I, but I kind of like that about, <laughs> I like it about myself because it's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. But like, I was thinking the other day because my wisdom teeth are picking a really like great time to like pop back up and stick out of my gums. Um, remember in the Great Jones Pop episode where I was like, I'd rather pay a doctor to pull my wisdom teeth halfway out my gum so it will bleed when I... I still stand by it. And then go to Great Jones Pop, still stand by it. However, I feel like now's not the time for the dentist right now. Um, maybe it is. I don't even know if dentists are open. But anyway, I got this one wisdom teeth. Uh, poof. It's prairie dogging. It's prairie dogging. And every once in a while, I'll go... Like, I'll just swallow spit in my mouth because that's what people do when they're living. And uh, and then I'll just go, oh, that tastes like a penny. Okay, it's my prairie dogging wisdom tooth. But I uh, last time I, I got a wisdom tooth out, I only got one wisdom tooth out once because I woke up looking like a big old chipmunk. I couldn't even talk. I, that's how I talk like this. Like, I talk like I had a dick in my mouth. That's how I talked. And uh, But it wasn't sexy. Because it's like, you know how guys think dick sucking lips are sexy or whatever? <laughs> Why am I single? You guys got those uh, dick sucking lips, baby. But like girls with mm, just like smackaroos, like just juicy lips or whatever. <laughs> what about dick sucking mouth? So you talk like you got dick in your mouth. It's not as hot, is it? You want to have sex with me? Excuse me, mister. They see me rolling. Would you like that sack with me? They hating. Okay. Anyway, the last time I got my wisdom teeth out, um, I was so nervous because I, uh, this was, I already had a surgery before. It was a microscopic surgery and I had a panic attack in that lobby 
sitting next to someone who had to get like a brain tumor removed. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm making this about me and you have to get your skull cut open, but I'm really scared. The surgery lasted for 20 minutes. They didn't find anything. And uh, I acted like I won the Nobel Peace Prize by by living through it. Anyway, the when I got my wisdom tooth out, uh, I went to the NYU School of Dentistry because it's bad cheap. But then they get like a med student or like a, well, not a med student, a dentist student um, who's like, I'm nervous. And then they have to like put their hands in your mouth. It's weird when a straight young male wearing gloves has to put his hands in your mouth because you're like, ah. Uh, this feels weird you know it feels weird and if they're attractive oh man okay um but this one guy he was russian they they finally brought in like the actual dentist not a kid who's gonna take my one wisdom tooth out and he was a russian dude and he was real mean sounding and uh and then he goes what do you do for a living and i was like i'm a comedian he goes oh you mean like amy schumer I don't like her. She's foul mouth. I'm like, oh, okay. Shut the fuck up, man. I don't really want to have this conversation anymore. Woo! People's sexism comes out the most when they when a man just starts berating Amy Schumer to you for no reason, just because you say you do stand-up comedy. They're like, oh, Amy Schumer. Ugh, don't like her. Foul mouth. I'm like, all right, I don't care. But uh, so I just didn't say anything because I'm like, not the time to uh, stick up for women in comedy right now. I'm going to save that for later. Anyway, the guy took out, he goes, this numb needle. I can't put you under, but numb needle. I'm like, okay, whatever. And and then he pulls out a needle that was like, the length of the needle was the length of my iPhone. And <laughs> I started laughing. Oh, I was like, ain't no way you put that in my mouth. You ain't putting that in my mouth, right? Well, you could put that up. What are you putting that? He's like, I put it in your mouth. We give you four shots. He had to give me like five. He had to put it in my mouth five times, my gums. But he had to put it in the hinge of your mouth, the hinge of your jaw, you know, where you open and close. The real soft, fluffy part that's like a cloud. Yeah, he ruined that by face fucking it with a needle. Um, And it hurt so bad. (laughs) Oh, man. And I started laughing because <laughs> the needle looked so scary. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And then my mouth went numb. And I was talking like this. Like my my tongue went numb. I don't know how. He didn't put the needle in my tongue. But I guess I don't know what he did. But he put that needle in and out of my beautiful little cherubic little gums. Oh, so many times. And my whole mouth well felt like it weighed a thousand pounds. And I was talking like this. <laughs> and I just kept talking I was like, this is hilarious. Did not give me any laughing. That was the only thing. He just gave me the numbing thing. And then, and then, (laughs) and then he took out a set of pliers, okay? Like a set of pliers that I would fix my kid's bicycle with or an adult man's bicycle or a motorcycle, a set of pliers my dad has in his garage. And they were kind of rusty. And I was like, okay, (laughs) okay. Woo! Uh, but I couldn't really say much because my mouth felt like it weighed a hundred pounds. I was like, uh-uh, that's the deal with that. <laughs> and and then he tried it. He he's like, I take your tooth out with this. Uh, hold still. And I was like, oh. And I started laughing my ass off because I was so nervous. And then he started laughing, <laughs> and and I was so proud of myself for getting this very very stern man to laugh like a little boy it was great and then i started laughing 
continually because I was nervous, but then I was laughing at him because he was laughing, and then neither of us could do shit. And then I was sitting there like, oh man, we should get a drink sometime. And he's like, yuck, you very weird girl. He said that. He's like, you're very weird girl. But <laughs> and uh, that, and then he, 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 he pulled the pliers. He pulled my tooth out with a fucking set of pliers. I'm like, I mean, I could have done that, but it was so funny. God, it was so funny. I'm sorry, Kevin. Am I interrupting your beauty sleep by screaming in your ear? Anyway, yeah, my ner- my, my, my wisdom tooth is prayer dog in it, but you know, we'll fucking figure it out. We'll figure it out. You know what I did last night? You want to know what I did last night? I put on a movie, and then I looked at Instagram for five hours. Yeah. You know, oh, here's something I want to say before we get into the fourth agreement. Um... People who are addicted to a substance, whether that be um, whether that be alcohol or marijuana, I don't that that's debatable. But I do think I mean I've met people where I'm like, maybe you should put that joint down, buddy. Okay. Um, people who are addicted to oh, I don't know Adderall or heroin, whatever a, a substance. It's quarantine is very challenging. I don't know. I'm imagining there's all sorts of obstacles that can get in your way uh, mentally. If you are clean and sober, uh, that's got to be a challenge because this shit is can get boring. It can get real boring. And the temptation is just fucking fuck it. Let's do some drugs alone in my apartment to make this fun. That's a high. That's high. I mean, it's high. I get it. I do get it. So I just want to let you know I feel for you. And I, and I something that's helped me with um, with Adderall, because that's the drug that I uh, that I don't um, that I do not like the, the my consumption with it, that I've had addiction problems with. Um, it, it, it takes being present every second of the day. And when you go, oh, you know what, maybe I should do some just entertain those thoughts for a second. There's not, it's not a crime in doing that. So if you're like, oh, maybe I should, maybe I should do some Adderall. Just go, okay, I noticed that you want to do some Adderall. Like talk to yourself, don't condescend yourself. But like, you know, just be like, well, what, why? What, what is that? Well, I'm feeling antsy. Why? Well, because I'm bored. Well, why are you bored? I don't really want to sit with myself. Why? Because I don't wait myself or whatever your thought process is. But just really do some digging. Do some digging. And I, I, I just, I feel for you if you're struggling with an addiction problem uh, right now. Um, I can't imagine that quarantine makes it any easier, but it's, it's, while it's not an easy thing to do to, to stay off of a substance, I will say it is very possible and it's not as hard as you think. And I know that some people, I, I'm not, and I'm not talking about the physical addiction withdrawal signs. Those are like, if you are a, a, a full-blown alcoholic, one time I had a neighbor who I didn't really knew what know what an alcoholic was, but I had a neighbor um, in high school growing up who was an, a severe alcoholic, and then he quit. He stopped drinking, but the the oh my god, to see him go through these withdrawals from the alcohol was oh, it was scary. I mean, he belonged in a rehabilitation center because it, they it seemed like life threatening. He like got the flu. It was very scary. Um, and so that's a totally different animal. That's not like, oh, walk in the park. You just have to like be present and like go over it. No, that's a different story. But what I'm talking, I'm, I feel like my addiction stuff is like cute and light. Like it's not as, uh, it's not as bleak as some other people's, but because um, there's, there, there's a range, there's a spectrum. But just know that if you're struggling with substances, I feel you, I feel for you, but I believe in you and I think you can do it, okay? And uh just do your best every day. That's the fourth agreement. God, this agreement is the shit. 
it's i i'm surprised i am i'm not surprised that i got addicted to a substance um but i i kind of am just because i'm not good at drugs like i'm just notoriously every time i've ever tried a drug it's always it's always not gone well for me the first time i ever had alcohol in my life i had two beers at my friend's house party she picked they picked me up from cvs went over her mom wasn't home we we're like ooh, we're gonna drink some beers i had two beers and then I told everybody at that party that I was Terry Schiavo because Terry Schiavo had been in the news a decade earlier because she was in a coma and there was this big case about can the husband put the plug on the wife and she's on life support and she's kind of just laying there in a coma being a clock block or whatever. I didn't say that, but maybe. Turns out, yes, you can because he pulled that plug on his wife, Terry Schiavo, who's in a coma. And I don't know. I heard that case in the news as a child and emotionally affected me. Okay. I was a sensitive kid, all right? I'm not gonna apologize for that. For whatever reason, that shit stuck with me because the first time I ever got tipsy in my life, my first thought was like, <gasps> I am Terry. I gotta let him know. And I went up to every person at the party. Both my arms atrophied. how that happened? I don't know. I was not trying to mimic her. I really felt scared for her as if she was in my body trying to get out. Both my arms atrophied. My neck kind of, went to this like my head just fell off my neck a little bit and then i started drooling and then i was like don't pull the plug on me two beers guys two beers maybe i had a shot too i don't know i was 16 and then my friend michelle had to put me in the shower she took me over and put me in the shower and i was like and i'm up so and then i was like all right well maybe alcohol is not really my thing and to this day i i i, I really do enjoy drinking um, but I cannot drink that much because I will get lit too quick. I don't black out, but I will get like, Durr. you know, first time I drank alcohol and smoked weed at the same time, I was a sophomore in college, I called 911 on myself. I did. I called 911 on myself. I was at a house party with a friend named Danny. And then I went home from the house party and I was like, this don't feel right. And then I thought my roommates were home and I burst in the door. I was like, guys, is this room spinning to you? Guys, Claire, Devin, it's just me. Okay, cool. I'm gonna call 911. And I called 911. I called and the woman, it's New York City. And the woman answered the phone. She's like, 911. What's your emergency? And you know, people please are me. I was like, oh, oh God. Okay, um, can you come over? I fucking, I don't know, man. My room's spinning and I did something, but I don't know what it is. But my roommate's at home and I don't know. Maybe this should have happened. First time I ever called 911, by the way. First of many times. Only time I called on myself, but that was my first ever time calling 911. And then I waited alone in my apartment for 911. And then in the middle of waiting, I was like, you know what? Fuck 911. I don't need 911. No. Fuck that. Christine, you should just drink a glass of water. You just sleep this one off. And then I was like, let's just go to bed. And then I heard a knock on my front door. And I was like, um, eh, I'm just not going to answer it. You guys know what happens when you don't answer? 911's knock? Do you know? Anybody take a guess? Whatever's off the top of your head, it's the right one. They knock in your fucking door. They knock in your fucking door. That is a $3,500 mistake that you will be in debt over for five years. <laughs> and coincidentally, the last thing a drunk and high scared person at home alone 
who's 20 years old wants to experience is their bolted ass door getting kicked into the middle of their living room by three grown men. They had to take me out of the ambulance, treat me for a panic attack. So I needed them, but it's not my original purpose. All right, that was a bit. I, I do that bit on stage. It's all true. 100% of that is true. I just wanted to feel what it felt like to do that bit again because I fucking miss stand-up so much. I'm just going to start doing stand-up on this, I guess. Okay. Oh, I came over this quote. Before we go into always do your best, real quick, there's this Instagram account I follow. It's called at the.holistic.psychologist. And if you can't spell that, well, I'm with you, buddy. Um, and she put a graphic up. That's uh, her words. Um, and she said, when a parent denies your reality was the first time you learn not to trust yourself. When you choose to honor your reality without a parent validating it is when you begin healing. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Because um, I'm go I, I'm, I had a fight with a person that I've known for a very long time who means a lot to me. And it sucks ass. Um, but this this person has had talked about and i kind of had I, I kind of had it in my head but when someone you don't want to diagnose people because that's not it's not your business first of all it's not your job and you're not a doctor unless you are a doctor in which case diagnose them if they're asking you to um but uh, borderline personality disorder is something that's been talked a lot about and um i've been watching the sopranos and tony soprano's mom had that and uh i think my mom has traits of that or had traits of that i don't know if it can go away apparently it can with dialectal behavioral therapy um i talked about this on, on guys who fucked but um i uh man uh ha friend fights are really hard for me um and usually with this particular friend who i love so so much ah oh, so much w the one the way you can get me or really stress me out and really cause me to be like oh god what did i do huh? and like go into panic mode is if you're upset with me and when you're upset with me w when you're my good friend and you're upset with me i don't go to panic mode right away but what i do go in right away is like please tell me what i did so i can understand how i can make it better i'm so sorry like i'm really you know it, it depends on the situation but um my instinct is to like panic and go oh no what did i do like because the last thing i ever want to do is upset somebody which is something i'm working on and uh because i i i'm constantly focusing on how my actions affect other people instead of how other people affect me how other people's actions affect me and how i fucking feel and so i had a i had an inkling that this person that i've been close with i had an inkling that they were upset with me i reached out and they were upset but they wouldn't tell me why and i got so frustrated but then this person um started like really like i could tell by the the way that they were texting me that they were fucking angry with me i mean i could feel the rage through the phone and because i know this person well and i'm like i and i was going through the inventory i'm like what the fuck did i do i thought of i thought of one thing that it could possibly be but i'm like i just don't feel like it warrants this much anger but what the fuck did i do and then i and then and then i was like wait dude i'm trying to please help me please tell me what i did please tell me why you're upset and they were like well if you can't figure it out it's too bad i'm like well and then I re and then I was about to I felt very hurt and I was about to lash out and say something that would have with the goal of hurting them the way that I felt hurt and 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 um out of control in that moment I'm like whoa 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 this isn't how we do Christina no cuz ooh 
oh boy, I have a temper that can get activated um, by certain people saying certain things because they know how to push my buttons because they've known me for a long time. And um, I understand the urge to push somebody's buttons. I totally get it. But when my buttons are pushed, I don't like how I behave. I, I don't I don't like the things, I, the things I say are mean and I don't want, I don't mean it. I'm just trying to like get out a feeling, you know? But anyway, I blocked this person and that made me feel really bad. But then I was like, you know what? No, that if, if we are going to have a conversation, I will not allow you to talk to me in this way. And if you can't control yourself right now and talk to me with some calmness, uh, I'm going to block you. I'm going to block your phone number. Um, and I felt really bad about doing that. And I went back and forth for like five days between feeling really terrible because one of the roots of, of borderline, if this is the correct diagnosis, which it might not be, but if it is, is a fear of abandonment. And I'm like, oh man, I'm, f I'm basically abandoning this person. And that's their that's what they're afraid of and i don't want to confirm you know what i mean but again it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with this shit and i and i read a book about um bor like borderline personality disorder and i did all this research and then i was like whoa 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 whoa, christina you really love researching shit to death and i do because i love understanding things i love understanding where other people are coming from i'm very curious about other people but partially that's because i want a sense of control and if i understand where they're coming from i feel safer but you know what, when you, the older you get, the more you realize sometimes people react in a way that maybe you don't understand and it's okay. You don't have to understand everything that everybody does. Um, and and I realized for the first time, like I had a conversation with um, a girl who is a mutual friend between me and this person who aren't talking right now. And um, she's, a, oh God, she's an amazing woman. She's an amazing woman. And she's, she's a childhood educator, child educator. And she, I just, I love the way that she talks about children's brains and creativity. And I love hearing stories from her um, with her, how she interacts with children. Like the way she talks to kids is truly amazing. And so she helps me with my own emotional issues a lot because my inner child, my inner little brat is like, and throws a temper tantrum. And she can kind of, I don't know. She's just, she's really beautiful with her words. And she was like, Christina, you know, you're reading all these books to try and figure out how you can help this person more or how you understand her more. How do you feel? How do these, how do this, this person's actions make you, make you feel? Put your own feelings first. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and, and it, it feels so wrong to put my own feelings first. It feels selfish. It feels mean. It feels, and I, and I understand that that's not the case. It's not selfish and mean. Um, but it, it's so unnatural to me because of the way I grew up, because the way my, my, um, nervous system learned to cope was, Hey, let's cater to mom. That was the, you know, that was the main person in my life that I was, that, that got me to have both my antennas pointed outwards instead of one out, one in towards how I feel. But it just, it feels wrong to put my own feelings first. And so I'm, I, I think that I was doing that in the act of, of blocking this person for contacting me because I'm like, look, if you can't, if you're saying mean things to me now and you're like laughing at me and it feels like I'm being, I feel like I'm being bullied. And I, it's probably because what, uh, you know, where you're coming from, your, your pain is real and I hear you, but mm, I'm blocking you because if we can't talk civilly, um, then maybe we need to cool down. And so, I don't know. It's just been stressful. It's been stressful because I really um, love this person a lot. Um, but at the same time, um, you can't be uh, a prisoner to other people's feelings. And you can't take, and this is one thing that, uh, a misstep that I think I've made, which is okay, I've learned from it, but I, I can't be responsible 
for my loved one's feelings. You know, that's that. And that feels like weird to say even because I'm so not used to it, but I'm learning and I'm, and I'm figuring it out. And I'm always doing my fucking best, guys. The fourth agreement in the, in the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz is always do your best. And to me, this rule, I love this rule. It encompasses like when I talked about a couple episodes ago or whatever the hell it was about having a good attitude, man, I think always doing your best is a really um, integral building block of your self-esteem. And, and it's important to know that your best will change from day to day. Because if you're, if you're sick, if you've overexerted yourself and you're tired, you need a day of rest. Like it's, people get on themselves and your inner judge is so loud sometimes. But um, one of the things the author says is if you always do your best and the, your inner judge tries to give you shit, then you know the answer. You know how to clap back to that judge. That's not how he worded that. That was my modern wording. But you can clap back to that judge and go, whoa, 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 I did my best. And my best is going to differ from day to day. And that's okay. Okay? Tell that inner critic to take a hike, mister. Hey, buddy. See ya. Do always doing your best is, 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 is so important for your own self-esteem because self-esteem is, oh, it's the sweet nectar of a good life, guys. It is so important to like yourself and respect yourself. And, and you can't do that if you're not doing your best. If you're half-assing things or if you're overexerting. He has quotes about like, it's also fucked up if you try too hard. Oh, here it is. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is needed. A fucking men. Don Miguel Ruiz. I certainly suffered from that. And eventually I slowly started to take the giant prickly stick out of my asshole and accept that as long as I did my best that day, it's okay. But it's really important to note to, to monitor yourself and to check in with yourself. Because for me, I'm a productivity junkie, which gets in the way. I used to think that was cool and like totally worth bragging about. Like, I got like a lot of shit done. But it's not cool if you're overworking yourself and you don't structure in time in your day to just relax, look at the wall, play with your dog. It's one of the incredible many things that I'm learning from having a puppy is that he when he wants my attention he won't shut the fuck up until he gets it and it's I love when he does that because usually when he's barking I, I'm looking at my fucking phone and I'm not doing anything that important and I put my phone down and I'm present with him and I play with him and it's oh it's just it's it's rejuvenating um, when you overdo, you deplete your body. And when you do less than your best, you uh, subject yourself to frustration, guilt, and regret. And boy, those that's a fun party. You know what I mean? When you always do your best, you take action. And it is the action that is going to make you feel intensely happy. And, it's, and, and let me say, it's important to note, taking action, there is, it is a, a journey but it's in a trial and error filled journey to find what balance of action and relaxation and joy and fun and pleasurable activities uh, will constitute a good day for you. Everybody has their own individual levels of a balanced day. And I recently started, stopped giving myself so much shit. I, would ha I always have these to-do lists. I'm addicted to making lists. And part of me is like, well, if I write everything I need to do down on the list, I'll never forget it. But also I'm like, oh, look at it. I love crossing shit off my list. Ah, cocaine or whatever. Um, but then, and I would get mad at myself at the end of the evening if I didn't cross all the things off that I wanted to. And I'm like, well, fuck that, Christina. You did what you did. You got some shit done. 
And there's no way you could have gotten that all done. If you did, you would be overworking yourself and exhausting yourself and you're not going to be any good tomorrow. You know? So give yourself a pat on the back and go masturbate. Two firefighters. And a, a, a lot of people do a job. He talks about like people working from paycheck to paycheck and you're working for this reward and you don't do your job well. Like when you start doing your job for the reward, your reward being a paycheck, you start to resist your job and you start to take action to resist your job and then you're miserable and then your boss hates you and then you hate your boss and then you hate your coworkers and your coworkers are like, what's up his ass? And you're like, I don't know, maybe a fucking stick. And it's like, whatever, that, one of the things I'm always most impressed by and, I, and I've been this way since I was a child, I recognize this trait in people. When people have a good attitude and they work at a job where you just don't expect a good attitude, I said, you don't expect a poor attitude, but like, you know, uh, 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 a, a cashier in anywhere. When when you go up to check out at a store or whatever, and you and the cashier just greets you with a smile, and they're like, "Hey, how are you? How is you?" And you're like, "Ah, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I love you." Like it's just that simple thing of of somebody having a good attitude where it's not expected is just such a it's such a delight. It's such a delight. I'm like, man, you really. There's this one woman at CVS by me that she works the late shifts it's not open 24 hours anymore because you know <gasps> corona but she works she would work overnight and she just always had the most pleasant attitude she was this older latina woman and she every time i walked in she's like hey honey and she just and she, uh, sometimes i'd have to check out at a cash register with that uh, and not the robotic checkout because i would get gift cards for um a, a show Corinne and I did and she would just like comment on everything I bought but she would say like really funny things and she's like now I want you to enjoy your night okay sweetie and I was like oh God. thank you god damn thank you lady you angel I just people who have a good attitude with their job not only do they make life better for those around them and themselves they're just they're just a joy they're a treat and you have if you are the person with a good attitude you enjoy it more Oh, here's a quote that really got me. And the way the, the, the way the narrator says it in the audiobook really uh, chills your, your bones. There are many ways we hurt ourselves when we don't like who we are. Ooh, take me to the ICU because I just got burned. Do things for the sake of doing it without expecting a reward. And not only will you enjoy it, you'll eventually get more rewards than you could have ever imagined. When you do your best, you don't give the judge the opportunity to blame you or make you feel guilty. If you did your best and the judge tried to judge you, you have the answer. I did my best. When you do your best, you learn to accept yourself, but you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. That's good. That's a good. I'm glad he said that. Because self-acceptance is great, but if, you, or if you're not happy with a behavior of yours or how something worked out in a relationship or whatever, look back at the situation and see, is there any way I could have done better for next time? You know, it's not like that big of a deal. I wish someone would have told me that when I was a kid. You know, when you fuck up, it's not that big of a deal. It's okay. I wish someone would have said that to me. Actually, you know what? I feel like my mom did say that to me a lot because there's a lot of home videos of me in like a ballerina outfit, like not thinking I can do a certain move. And this one particular video that I have in my head, uh, my mom, I, I, er, my mom, you can hear her behind the camera going, no, 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 you can do it. You can do it, honey. Just try you can do it. And like, oh man, that confidence that she, like, oh, I, I re-listened to that clip. Like, it's like porn for my soul. Cause I'm like, yeah, mama said I could do it. I, you know what? I can't do it. Cause my mom has always believed in me. My parents both, God bless them. Cause I used to, used to tell them I wanted to be a doctor. And then I was like, never mind, comedian. And they're like, okay, you know, but I was like, I promise you, I'm gonna make it. And they're like, okay. 
we believe you and i did um but their support was really helpful but you also you have to support yourself and it's it's really hard when you don't when you don't have people around you that support you but you know it's okay if you, you are really the only support system you need but having friends and family that support you are a blessing do your best because you want to do it not because you are trying to please other people i mean woo that's what was dear christina hutchinson might as well have said that because that's usually why I would want to do my best. And that's why I'm like, well, I'm doing my best, but why is this not satisfying? It's because I'm trying to do my best to please other people. So there's a little hint. If you take, you, oh, oh, if you take action because you have to, there's no way you are going to do your best. Oh, that's a great line. I'll repeat it. If you take action because you have to, there's no way you are going to do your best. And, and the way I personally think of this, um, I had a freedom of my mind is so that a good attitude flows out of me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, so if I, if I have a conference call, like this happened the other day, I had a call scheduled with somebody and I was supposed to write. And for whatever reason, my brain was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like bitching and complaining about it. When in reality, I was the one who said, let's have a call. So I asked for this and I'm like, Christina, what team meeting, team meeting, you have this zoom FaceTime, whatever scheduled for the afternoon. You have to do it. It's an enjoyable thing. You're working on a creative project with another person. Enjoy it. Knock, get, get, fucking slap that attitude out of your fucking face. Gross, ew. And that for me helps. That's why I talk to myself. And then I, re, and I enjoy the thing. I enjoy the thing. So everything, every little thing in your day that you have, really take a second before you do and go, I wanna like be present for this and enjoy it and have fun. You can make anything fun. That's the trick to life, guys. You can make anything fun or, or at least enjoyable. Action is about living fully. Inaction is how we deny life, but also rest when you need it, okay? Inaction is sitting in front of your TV for years because you're afraid to be alive and express who you really are. You can have many great ideas in your head, but what makes a difference is the action. Without action upon an idea, there will be no manifestation, no results, and no reward. And I was talking to um, a comedian that I'm working on a project with, and uh, we were talking about uh, on Netflix. There, Dave Chappelle. Um, they filmed and made a kind of not a special, but they filmed Dave Chappelle accepting his Mark Twain Award in Washington D.C. And Dave Chappelle, one of I would I would describe him as a genius. Um, but one of the things that makes a genius, and we were talking about this. I was talking this with my friend Vonda Carlo. She's a comedian. She has podcast books. Follow her. She's amazing. I, I love this woman so much. And we were talking about like genius. And she was like, genius is not like you were so lucky you were born with this most unique gift. Genius is taking action. Dave Chappelle has been doing stand-up since he was fucking 18, 19 years old. And he has worked his ass off. And he's curious about the human experience. And he's curious about other people. And his curiosity takes him in places during his stand-up that is just truly incredible to follow but one of the reasons that make that makes dave so genius is because he works his ass off he takes action he does shit oh god that you should watch that on netflix if you um are, are craving some content <sighs> dave Chappelle is truly truly a genius and um and he's kind and he cares but you know he takes action he takes action Oh, he takes action. And that's one of the reasons why his genius can flourish. Um, 
Oh, this is another quote. I don't, you know, the, uh, however you feel about the word God. To me, when I hear the word God in this book, I just replace it with universe. But that's the one, that's that's how I like kind of get the point that he's trying to make. But if God's for you, do it. The best way to say I love you, God, is to live your life um, always doing your best. Whatever life takes away from you, let it go. Letting go of the past means you can enjoy what's happening now. There is no time to miss anyone or anything because you are alive, motherfucker. Missing someone means you're living in the past. That was a note to me. You were born with the right to be happy and to be loved and to share your love. When you don't do your best, you're denying yourself the right to be you. You don't need the acceptance of others. All you need to do is just be alive. It's so, it's like scary to almost believe that because you're letting go of this false sense of security that didn't even exist anyway that you just fucking made up since you were a child that you've just been leaning on for 32 years, for example. And it's really hard to just go, you know what, I don't need, it doesn't, it, it's it's uh, it's difficult to not care what other people think of you. But it's, once you do the free fall and you go, okay, I'm gonna do it. I imagine, I've never been skydiving, but the moment before you jump out of the plane, presuming you live um is like that's the feeling that i get before i'm like you know what you just need to fucking fuck what everybody thinks fuck what everybody thinks if it's stressing you out just know it doesn't matter you won't always be able to maintain all of these agreements you won't be able to maintain these four agreements but if you do your best that's all anybody could ever ask of you Have the confidence of a four-year-old, guys. Four-year-olds are very confident. I lo- I was looking back at some childhood videos. I think I mentioned this before, but there's a video of me at two years old dancing in my living room in, in my house in Pennsylvania. And I looked at that in my therapist's office. I'm like, damn, the confidence. I want that confidence back. The confidence I had when I was two, whew, couldn't tell me shit. If you practice always doing your best, you will become a master of transformation. You're a master of language because you practiced it. Everything you've ever learned, you've learned through repetition. So it's all it takes is just practicing it. Just reminding yourself, write the four agreements on pieces of paper or if, if, if these speak to you. And you're gonna fuck up. We all fuck up. If you don't fuck up, that's weird. You know? But practice can make you good at something. If you do your best in your search for personal freedom and self-love, you will discover that it's only a matter of time before you find what you are looking for. Oh, that's a beautiful line. If you are impeccable with your word, if you don't take things personally, if you, make, if you don't make assumptions, and if you always do your best, you are going to have a beautiful life. The knowledge is there. It's just waiting for you to use it. Just do your best to honor these agreements. They are so simple and logical that even a child can understand them. All right. But, but you must be, have a very strong will, a very strong will to keep these agreements. Why? Because wherever, whenever we, wherever we go, we find that our path is full of obstacles. Everyone tries to sabotage our commitment to these agreements and everything around us is a setup for us to break them. That made me feel good because I'm like, right? That feels that way sometimes. The warrior's goal is to escape from the world, from this world, to escape from hell and never come back. We really, we really need to use every bit of power we have to succeed in keeping these agreements. So if you fall, do not judge. Do not give the judge the satisfaction of turning you into a victim. Be tough with yourself. Stand up and make the agreement again. Okay? And don't be concerned with the future. Just keep your focus on today. So those are me. That's me reading quotes from Don Miguel Ruiz from that chapter. And always do your best. Um, this, this, this. I mean, this agreement is this is a great one. It's a great one. It's a great one. 
So maybe think to yourself, uh, how can I do my best today? You know, maybe doing your best is being present with your kid while your kid's eating lunch instead of looking at your phone or looking at a magazine or a book or whatever. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Maybe your kid fucking sucks and you need to get away and go to the bathroom and masturbate. I get that. But whatever your best, whatever you got to do for you, only you can be the judge of that. And I think you know when you hit the right thing because it'll feel right. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for listening to this episode of The Voices in Our Heads, guys. Um, to, next week is going to be the last episode about the four agreements. Um, I want to do one more because the ending section, oh, it's my favorite part. Every time I read this, la- especially that last chapter, I like cry. It's like the most beautiful collection of words I've ever I've ever read because it gives me, it instills in me so much hope of like okay you know what yeah we are gonna be okay i can we can figure this out this meaning our own mental hell i gotta say i feel a lot better since i talked to the devil on mushrooms it's weird how that can happen i hope you have a good rest of your week guys please stay safe and sane and do whatever you need to do to make that happen as long as it's not at the expense of others um and get a puppy gawk at a fireman uh if you're an essential worker thank you so much we love you we're here for you please don't kill yourself guys i'll talk to you next wednesday they see me rolling they hating patrolling and trying to kiss me right So it ain't easy to be seen When you see me ride by, they can see the gleam I shine on the deck in a TV screen Riding with a new chick, she like cola Next to the PlayStation controller If a full trip, then I'm gonna show ya Send a jacker into a coma Girl, you ain't on crazy like crazy Bone trying to make your money, trying to have no babies Ride clean as well, so I pull in ladies Laws on patrol and you know they hate me the Music turn all the way up into the maximum I got speakers, some boys try to jack for some But we packing something that we we'll have for them We'll have a player locked up in the maximum Security sale, I'm gripping old Music loud and I'm tipping slow Teeth steady twisting like hit this smoke Police pull it right behind while we sitting low. Yeah. Windows down, gotta stop pollution. City change boys like who is that producing? That's the plan skills when we out and cruising. Got warrants in every city except Houston, but I still ain't losing. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to catch me riding dirty. 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 Trying to catch me riding dirty.